What up, everybody? Welcome to Dicky Time. It's your uh, captain of the decrepit ship, Lord Slug, and I'm here with my man, Camo Jebby. Yes, I can hardly see me. him because he's so he's kind don't, of camo. Don't look at me. <laughs> it's hard to. I can't even tell if I'm looking at you. All right, Abby. Uh, how was how was your week so far? We we had a pretty. Uh, well, I didn't drown. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> no drowning this week. Thank God. <laughs> Sorry, Jablinski Games. No drowning videos this week. It uh, started raining outside, and I got nervous. I got. That's how sweaty. scared I am of drowning recently. <laughs> Any uh, amount of water <laughs> sends me into a frenzy. We were watching uh, the Truman Show while we were tracking. That was so. I the, forgot how sick that movie is. Yeah, I kind of. It had me at a couple moments. There, there, uh, there were a couple moments where I was just like, Jesus Christ, these people really just brainwashed Truman into <laughs> right. having a fear. Pretty, pretty weird. <laughs> pretty. It's, it's awesome. Whoa! It's, yeah. Like, what a sick allegory, honestly, about like either parental ownership or governmental ownership, even of. People, you know, like just fabricating somebody's existence from birth because if they don't know any different, it's not that weird to them until it comes to a head where it's like, wait a second, I want more than this. This is bullshit. I feel like I'm, this isn't what I'm destined for is to just only do these five oh, yeah. menial things, you know, and that's yeah. a great uh, yeah, allegory on the human experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, the for America, it's pretty common for after three years you just quit your job and go mm -hmm. find another one because oh what just do you know uh, i'm complacent once again in this life mm -hmm. maybe i'll go work at big five or something Yo, or uh be a big five. <laughs> big five yeah shout out big lots yeah, and big this five. is an ad for big five <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's how you get ladies Re really old dudes like creepy sketchy dudes like 32 years old just still piece of shitting it up running a zoomies Fuck. hitting on like 15 year old girls or something hey you want to help building your custom skateboard hey mm. i shaved my lip my lip hair today do you want to do you want to talk to me maybe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I don't skate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. I, I, work here. I have some injuries, though. I've definitely uh, put my time in. Like, don't get me wrong. My buddies are pretty good. <laughs> but I, I film them. Yo, how do you feel uh, about uh, Trap being in the new Tony Hawk Pro Skater? It makes sense. I'm not too upset about it. I, uh, yeah, I literally could... Uh, really not care because i'm not gonna add to the whole fucking meme that trapped is it's like right. we get the more it. we feed into it the better the more he that's like the whole point of him doubling down on the meme hood of it is that the more pissed off people get the more they'll talk about it and the longer the meme will last and the more relevant and trending his band name is yeah like clearly he doesn't act, like give a i don't know he, he seemed like he took it personal but i just i think it was a ploy for the most part to just be like I mean, as long as you guys are going to keep talking about me, I'll keep fucking stretching this yeah, out. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and in that sense, I totally felt like all my friends that were just trying to cash in, essentially, on just the call-out mm -hmm. via Twitter. Especially, like, days after when, it like, the meme was... Like, when it got past the organic first couple days phase, you know, where there was, like, yeah. the, the core 10 that were involved, 
And then the preceding days, like, everyone finally caught wind of it and started trying to tweet from their band page, like, hey, yeah, we also, hey, oh, I heard Trapped is giving out clout. You mind if we get on? Oh, yeah. What better way to be a famous rock star than just knowing that Trap, the the supposed thing that you despise was the reason for your existence in this music scene. What is this so That's funny how to, you got your first record deal like was make, through <laughs> that. It's funny to make a stance what a against joke. like what he's doing to get clout and then in the same instance be like, well, but like me though. <laughs> it's just such a funny stance to take. Yeah. Like, isn't this cringy that he does this? But also like, please be sure to follow us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it. Just be a cool fucking artist, guys. That's just all you really have music, to do. Yeah. yeah, just put your art out there. It be genuine and honest with your artistry, and people will flock to it. Because people yeah. like genuine shit. I, I guarantee you. I fucking guarantee you. He's guaranteeing. This is a one hundred percent money. He's calling back. you out, motherfucker. <laughs> if you fucking keep doing this, uh, just. Clout chasing like uh, bullshit. I don't have a problem. <laughs> no, I'm not talking to you. I'm just like I'm <laughs> ranting at this point. Uh, it, What's up? I, I, I've been there. You know, I I think we're all guilty of it in some form or Dude, I've been another on way in life. Yeah, you know, you're just trying to. You know, life is a game essentially. Mm-hmm. At, at, for yeah, every, some like, of us, when you're in your very early twenties, like that's just such an accepted attitude. I feel like if you're starting to butt into the field that you care a lot about. And you start to realize that oh shit's a little little like cutthroat here. I'm just gonna have to learn how to play play this game by your weird rules. Uh, and then you get even older, and if you you either go one of two ways, where you just compl- complicitly go along with it and start benefiting from the fucked up system, or you try to stand outside of it and just make fucking art and hope that that's enough for people to support you without big you know uh, fingers in it with like yeah. labels and stuff that just. Mm-hmm. Like, because labels at the end of the day aren't to help bands; they're to make money. They're businesses. They're like making money off of you. Yeah, that's they. They yeah, they're like, hey, this band is killing it. Yeah. We could give you tours because you probably don't know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, and in exchange, we own you. <laughs> yeah. And then we're all taught that this is like what we're supposed to chase after. Yeah. And then you realize, oh wait, there's a bunch of bands that have killed it and are killing it independently now yeah. more than ever with the internet existing. Like, dude, Protest the Hero is a great band of, like, fuck everything, just do your own shit. Because they have, like, a Patreon almost where they release their music before it's out as, like, the demos as they're making it for their fans Mm. and stuff. And then they'll do certain albums that only get released for Patreon people or, like, they do, like, a monthly song for them and stuff through the band. Like, specific content catered to their fan base. And it's, it's awesome. It's very cool to see, like, that's such a great way to do that. I love that, yeah. I I very much so. If I had it my way, and I and I think you know, I really I really fucking would like to see it go this way. I would just love to, through playing music, through being passionate about what I I'm really into. I mm-hmm. would love nothing more than to had you know develop a business around my homies. You know, right? That'd be fucking awesome. Exactly. Like uh, I have a friend that. You know, he's in the design uh, industry or, you know, this this homie, he makes uh, merch. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has those hookups. So Definitely. I pay him and, you know. Yeah, we got you got a homie for each thing and then you just keep it locally and then you all just yeah. collect that bag together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty soon, uh, 
or just a mafia, you know, <laughs> which is running <laughs> a certain sector of the city because we've got enough friends. Damn. <laughs> the mob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, the I mean you're, okay, hypothetical. You're in a pinch. Uh, there's a local gang that's trying to threaten and run you out of town, and you got a family to take care of. The mob offers their help. Do you do? Do you take it, or you just move? Wait, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to say that again. Are you gonna take the mob's help if they offer it to you to help, like, protect you and your family from a local gang? A uh, local gang. You're gonna take um, the mafia. You're gonna take their help and be indebted to them, or are you just gonna move out of this city? Uh, that that really depends. Like, all your funds are in this local business. Like, if it's my life, if it's my life, I'm definitely like, yeah, you can take my pinky because, like, my pinky is worth less than my life. But <laughs> like, That's what you think that they would ask. Like, well, I mean... Hey, we're, hey, we're going to do a favor. Give us your pinky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ask payment. Yeah. It's like a tooth fairy scenario. <laughs> I'll do something for you, but I need a body part. <laughs> no, more so, like, they'll they'll always have that Hey, we need you to do this thing. Like we're gonna okay, we'll help you, but we're gonna start uh, selling and uh, cutting coke out of your, the back of your grocery store. We're <laughs> like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, God damn it. I guess Not you again. have to. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because I do owe you my life. <laughs> <laughs> so right now we're listening to uh, Cattle yeah, Decap, Death Atlas album. Yeah, came out late last year, or actually, I think it actually came out early last year. Like yeah. early 2019 which you know, is surprising it, it, it kind of flew over my head actually I, I I was pretty surprised you uh you brought them up to me uh, was it just yesterday we, yeah. we had a short conversation about um how fucking sick this band was for real uh, I remember being on tour in San Diego and we were bumping them the whole way uh to the venue and they just thinking like right. wow yeah this is like where death metal needed to go oh, 100%. when all these uh up uptight death metal guys you know uh elitist uh homies just talking a bunch of shit elitist homies (laughs) yeah it's that perfect crossover of the world of like deathcore to death metal and death metal to deathcore kind of because it's not like these are it's not very deathcore but it has that grindy like feel that deathcore tries to have sometimes those blackened elements but it grooves and thrashes like death metal and vocally is driven by that i think it's a really cool uh, contrast honestly yeah and it's a fucking 14 song uh record too yeah you just don't see just that, that anymore. musicianship they're just always writing a bit yeah they f- people fucking listen to them still really 130 yeah you know, 130,000 listeners a month nice yeah they're making checks off of that for sure uh, i bet they they get uh pretty good uh youtube revenue too yeah they were killing it with the touring too before the obvious happened how is uh are they pretty heavy into music videos, or? Yeah, uh, yeah, they actually put put one out uh, for Bring Back the Plague, and they use the current pandemic as like, oh, we could. This is what a perfect time. Like this song is basically about how people are shitty and awful, and yeah. we should bring back the plague to kill humanity because we're such a bad <laughs> like plague on this earth. Wild. Very interesting to see how um, very dismal, doom like. Uh, songs that may not even be like it, uh, the artist's most recent artwork, mm-hmm. but it, it's uh, it's interesting to see how uh, I was just uh, going down a, a rabbit hole with the Acacia Strain. Uh, their fans are totally eating up the 
end of the world songs more than ever. You know, right. You know, those are the most popular songs. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's just, yeah. yeah I, I figured out that I have to die at the end of all this and I'm totally <laughs> right. fucking pissed. I've been pretty distracted my whole life and I just remembered I die at the end of this. <sighs> I hope it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's seamless. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going down a death metal rabbit hole right now. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, Travis Ryan. What an innovator vocally. He's got the coolest little Smeagol singing. I love when he does those little goblin harmonies and shit. Oh yeah. I I always uh, considered yeah, his. I always thought of his vocals as like a a weird. Uh, Imagine like almost screaming, trying to do like Iron Maiden vocals or something like that. Almost screaming. Okay. But like tun- <laughs> tunneling a like a Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, it's like Bruce Dickinson, but with just a little more you gusto. Know, yeah, he's like happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Ah, uh, yeah. Flesh God Apocalypse. Did you ever get into them? Uh, somewhat, not really. I had a cousin that was really, really into them. Um, like, they definitely have some tracks that I am okay with, but it's definitely not a band that I go to my way to listen to. Mm-hmm. Origin's sick, though. That's a cool band. Origin? Mm-hmm. Or Obscura. Oh, Obscura, yeah. That's a great one. I remember you showing me them a, Very cool a couple years ago. Look outside, Justin, they're here. I invited the band over for this moment. All right. Need to know. Okay. Do we stand blast beats? Uh, I, it depends for me. I'm definitely a very, I'm a tasteful blast beat kind of enthusiast. Like, just because there's blast beats doesn't mean it's cool. But, like, like uh, early the cleansing uh, suicide silence, too many blast beats. Definitely, definitely. Too many blast beats. Um, but what would that record be without those blast beats? It would be better. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> It'd well, be less it annoying. It would just be... It'd be sick fucking riffs without distracting... <laughs> <laughs> the whole Man, time. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I really like the cleansing for what it was. I I mean, I like the cleansing a lot too, but I just think it had too many blast beats. Yeah. I think there's great songs on there, but like most of the ones that weren't the title tracks... Are just are just full of blast beats, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they can be sick. Like, uh, who was that band we listened to the other day that was like, "Oh, this is a sick set." Oh, it was a uh, King, King, yeah, yeah, X, yeah we King were, X. We were bumping them pretty hard yesterday. We the, uh, their 2017 album, yeah, they put out a record in 2017. It's self titled, and it is one of the best pieces of deathcore bangers it's on just, bangers. Just every song is a fucking unique ass banger, and nobody fucking talked about this album. It just went completely under the radar. And uh, deserves more recognition. Go listen to it. A little more recognition, please. That's all we ask. <gasps> don't listen to their new album. I didn't like it. Just don't. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I'm actually gonna throw it back to uh, when I was. I must have been like when I was pregnant. Must have been like Number 16, seven. 17. Okay. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, Remember the, that ga- the game? <laughs> Dude, every time you type it in on YouTube, that's like one of the only places besides like Facebook or Bandcamp mm-hmm. that you can find it. But Damn, Shadow of so. the Colossus. My God. Uh, so it, it was one of the members of the Acacia Strain, I believe, it was actually involved with that project. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, what happened? They just it ended up being one of those things, you know. Uh, I think uh, asking Alexander was at the top of their game, right? It just people were just not into deathcore like that. There uh, was like a dry spell of deathcore for sure. It just oh, yeah. recently started blowing back up again. Not even blowing up, but like getting more traction. It definitely needed a break. There was it was a big. I mean, metalcore is still going through that. Like metalcore's had the longest stint of just oversaturation. Oh yeah, man. <sighs> like it's it has not stopped. It, I've been waiting for that to die out, and it just keeps evolving to where. Instead, because metalcore is such a blanket term, anytime a new style or sound comes out, it's just like, okay, how can metalcore take this influence and add it to metalcore? Yeah. Blackened metalcore? Blackened metalcore? (laughs) Oh, dude. Okay, so I'm going to play my favorite song by them was The Groove. This song... It's just called The Groove. Dude, for 2010... What a yeah! What a time! What a time to be alive and love deathcore. Two thousand ten, dude. No, two thousand six to two thousand ten. Mm. Take that black Dahlia murder shirt off. <laughs> it's too colorful. We're wearing Attack Attack right now. My man, <laughs> my lunch table is wearing <laughs> yeah a Day to Remember merch right now, bitch. If your shirt does not have a big lyric one liner on it, <laughs> don't sit at my table. If your shirt doesn't say in all caps, get on your knees. Get on your knees. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I remember finding this band Prove on it. like a top 10 heaviest breakdowns. Comp- I love compilation, those, man. You know. That's how you find some good. There's too many bands that exist. You need some some uh, some good people out there like that. It just You know what? I just put 10 breakdowns together I really like. Absolutely. Just bands yeah. you've never heard of. Oh, fuck people that do the, the most known bands, though. Those are the worst. Like 10 oh, sick yeah. breakdowns and it's like escape to fate. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> the yeah. guillotine. You're just like, what's going on? Yeah. If you're gonna throw like the, if you're gonna throw like the Devil Wars Prada in like the top ten heaviest breakdowns of the year, you know, just make sure it's like at least assistant to the regional manager or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's always goats on a boat. <laughs> yeah, that okay. To be fair, the organ on goats on a boat. No, I mean, that Fire. song's sick. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to do a top 10 list, I don't know, give me some I haven't heard. For real. I guess that defeats the purpose of top 10. Maybe just a 10 list. A band that uh, oh, yes. America has forgotten about, but uh, everywhere else in the world still has not. Uh, Breakdown of Sanity. I oh, remember... Yeah. That, uh, dude, that's one of those Australian bands that I just never really got the hype. They're Australian or Sweden? I think they're Australian. They might be not Australian. That was a weird way to say that. They might they not might. be Australian. Yeah. They might be not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually think you're right because I, I vaguely remember confidently thinking they're Australian my whole life and then somebody being like, no, 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 they're this. And I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember loving... Uh, that first record? Perception, or yeah. Well, yeah, that was a really sick album. Yeah, uh, fucking great. It had uh, that specific mix to it also. I don't know. I just that remember... Sharks in your mouth kind of sound. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, another band that had like a really similar name, uh, but the production was really like high-end but natural sounding. It didn't sound overproduced like... Uh, Make Them Suffer. It, it didn't sound like a Sturgis record, you know? It had... Just <coughs> some natural elements to it. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. It, it sounded yeah, like they used like an actual mixer. <clears throat> not not oh, all. Oh, oh. Called out. <laughs> <clears throat> Fuck. Bloby Blurbus has been called out. 
goji berry jerge. Oh, I think it was Dream, uh, Dream on Dreamer. Yeah, that was a sick metalcore band. I think, that, yeah, that, I think that, that's uh, the band that I'm thinking of, actually. That record, uh, the EP on the moon or whatever. Oh, yep. Yep. That album is so sick. Yep, that's the one that I bought on iTunes, bitch. Yeah. I spent fucking $4. <laughs> that band is so good. Oh, I wonder God. if it still holds up. I remember loving that band. Do you ever listen to Yashin? Yashin? No. Yeah. Dude, you should definitely pull them up after you do this. Whoa, oh, Dream on Dreamer is still putting music out? Yeah, I think they got back together a couple years ago. <laughs> they took a big hiatus. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's be fair. You're going you're gonna to leave the band, call it, call it quits for a little bit, just get back together like four years later when your band's kind of just done, the memory's just really great, but... You know, everyone just kind of assumed you're doing better things now. Just start a different band, like on the real. But would... then, but then you have to start over from ground zero, and that's that's where everybody's struggle is, <sighs> is that you already have a little bit of notoriety with your old band. That's why you just gotta be an interesting fucking person. That's fair. That's yeah. a good point. Just have people follow you outside of that. Oh, it was yeah. The so oh, hope, yeah. hope, yeah. Also, a record dude. from 2010. We're just channeling uh, age Our 16 and 17 right now. <clears throat> what was the band I just said a second ago? Uh, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was. I swear to God. I swear to God. I think it was another Australian band. Oh, uh, yeah. We were talking about Australia. The oh, Gullows. I cannot remember what I was talking about. Uh, this song's sick, though. Yep. Uh, if you want to. They were the kings of that. <sighs> If you want to, yeah, take you to say. Hardcore, hardcore fan. <sighs> it kind of makes me think of um, Confide. This romantic tragedy. Do you ever get into that kind of screamo? Not really. Mm. Man, it definitely gives me Confide vibes though. Oh yeah, yeah. Dream on Dreamer definitely gives you those uh, Warp Tour Confide. For sure, yeah. The nice. Joel Piper type of flow. Yeah, definitely not as good as a, a good of a singer as Joel Piper. Nah, Joel. He's but, solid though. Yeah, I mean, but you can just tell he's a softer singer. For but real, Joel Piper just had that voice. And Joel Piper did all of Via too for volumes, right? He did all the singing on that. Oh, he did. Yeah, I had no idea. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty positive that's Joel Piper. I always just thought it uh, it was Michael at the time. No, yeah, neither of the dudes sing in that one. They just do the screamies. Yeah, imagine. Uh, imagine if Yogi did sing. Bitch, I am Yogi. Bitch, I am Yogi. <laughs> I'm sure he tried. Oh, yeah. That seems like a situation that where he's like, guys, like a- why don't I just do both vocals? And they're like, Gus, come on. <laughs> no, no. Both? And he's like, no. ah, you're right, you're right. I know how this scenario is working out because I've, I feel he, like I've the been there. Of the band. I've been there in a band before where it's just like, there's the clean singer is trying and trying and it's just not working out and you're just like grinding your teeth like there's literally no way he's going to get this today (laughs) but like you're not about to say anything you're not about to be like hey let's just you know call it because you're about to watch your friend crumble exactly they're gonna break down you're gonna break his reality that he's not a good singer (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not about to i'm not about to tell him not a break about to break gus's little heart yeah they're not going to break his little heart. Exactly. And then they did, and they kicked him out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like to make the move to like kick out one of the last remaining original members, 
and then uh, just put out the most okay follow-up single. Mm-hmm. Just make such a bold move and then put out another just volume song. <laughs> did you ever hear that fucking Drake cover they did for one of the Punk Goes Pop records? Dream on Dreamer did? No, Volumes. Volume. Oh, God. oh was, I think it did. so lackluster. That was like the start of their def- their downfall was that fucking cover. You could really just tell they stopped caring or whoever yeah. was writing, probably Diego, stopped really. Or he was yeah. probably so focused on his actual like musical endeavors of like, you know, mixing and shit for real movie scores. Yeah. Yeah. They uh they actually just recently put something out. Have you heard any of it? I heard the two songs they put out when they announced Michael was back. Oh, that's all, they only have the two. <laughs> no, it might be these two. I uh yeah. I don't think I have heard these. Um I, I know that they've literally okay. just recently, I think yesterday, put put something out. Oh, maybe I haven't heard that one then. I think it might be this one. Maybe I just heard this the first song twice and <laughs> I yeah. just forgot it both times, so I thought it was two songs. Wow. Love the snare, not gonna lie. Uh I wonder who who's mixing their shit now. I don't know. Michael's sounding better than ever though, I have to say. It's really nice. To hear volumes without Gus's fucking voice on it. It's been something I've been waiting for. For real. It just took so long. Didn't he, uh, didn't Homie do um, a rap project for a little bit? And he was actually like kind of, kind of uh, doing a little well, right? Uh, He's kind of a rich kid. Oh, rich kid. Oh, yeah. So he kind of just can do what he wants. I and, forget and that's that. more so what that was. <laughs> I forget that that is like 50, 50% of the time, like a possibility when any <laughs> band comes from California now. Right. It's like, I uh, might be a rich baby. <laughs> <laughs> a little trust fund kid. Yeah. He, uh, I saw him, I saw Fat Nick and uh, Shakewell, and he, he opened for them. And it was not good. Oh, he did? Uh-huh. And wow. there, nobody was, no, like, not a single person there knew the words or was there for him. Like, he definitely just bought his way onto the tour. Hmm. And, like, homie, he, like, drives, like, a Lambo or some shit. Like, he's, Whoa. he's like, got, like, rich-ass family. Like, his, his he's, what, Diego's his brother, wasn't he? Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's his brother. And his, and their dad is, like, a big-time movie producer for, like, scores of movies. Like, he's a music producer for movies. Uh, so, I believe it was, uh. Yogi and uh, Diego were brothers. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm a, I believe. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they, they come from a very wealthy background. And I think that's why he was just like, I'm just going to try rap. Yeah. And it, because if you check out his views, it does not reflect him going on a tour like that. It's definitely something he was just like, I can just afford to do this. I'm going to try it. Yeah, it's wild, man. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Pretty nutty. I don't I wonder if he's still like putting shit out, if he's like doubled down on it now that he's. Because he started doing that when, like, towards the end of him being in volumes. He was still in it yeah. when he started the Bitch Me Be Yogi. I tell you what, uh, hey o- there, honestly, boo-boo. I'm super happy that our band does not exist in California. I, I don't even want to imagine how drastically different of a person I'd be if I just grew up in California, you know? Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot, mm. about how different you'd be yeah, if you grew be, up in yeah. a different like state or city. Oh, yeah. Just like your environment completely Absolutely. changes who you are and... Just like if you, I wonder if you'd ever get to the same state, not like you know, physically, but the, like an emotional state. Yeah. If given that you grew up in that type of yeah, just, throat environment. Just imagine you s- just stop growing spiritually at the age of 18. It sounds terrifying. Because you're just hooked on fucking pills and coke. That's just the way you play the game, dude. <laughs> yeah. You want to be a celebrity? Uh, when we were on when we were on Yikes. tour in, in Coos Bay, I remember having a, a weird polarizing moment because... Aberdeen was a bunch of 
just alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And Coos Bay yeah. was just a bunch of weed heads. Right. They were doing as much weed as we were doing as much alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just remember being kind of drunk, having a conversation with them, just completely blitzed. And uh, they were just like, man, we don't really drink like you guys do. Do you guys want to, like, smoke weed? And we'd just be like, well, we don't really, like, smoke weed. So, like, <laughs> you guys want a shotgun of beer? Just like, yeah. <laughs> just go back and forth like, uh, yeah. our cultures aren't really aligning very well. Yeah. Well, they were, which is which was the weird thing. But, like... <laughs> just that one aspect? Yeah, it was just, just, just like we vices. just used different drugs. <laughs> right. Like, it hadn't caught up to one or the other yet? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I gotta say... Uh, I'm really, really digging this new volumes, actually. I, I really kind of thought for, for a second I was going to be saying goodbye to uh, their, it's their def- sound, you know? I mean, I don't know if it's, like, the best thing, but it's miles better in comparison to that last shitty EP they put out. Oh, for sure, yeah. For for hearing, like, two singles, yeah, I'm pretty about it. This one I like more than Holy Water. I didn't really care personally for Holy Water. This is a lot better. Which one's this? Pixels or Pixelate? Is what Pixelate, it's yeah. Yeah, Pixelate's just kind of slaps. A bit sloppy. I'm about the other one. Not super about it. Yo, I'm going to play you... Uh, play me. I will. At sorry. And <laughs> you're going to be sorry, mister. Fuck. Yo, uh, oh, I, yeah. I was playing this band for you the other day, but I feel it's appropriate... Now that we have headphones on. Broadmoor. Yeah, Broadmoor. Bro- is it this Broad? Is, uh, this is the continuation of where Florida's uh, down-tempo scene is gone. Yeah, I remember um, hearing... Is this the... This one's for my fucking boys or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So oh, right my now... My homeboys. Right now, everyone, if you want to listen in with us, we're listening to Old Boy by, uh, by Broadmoor. Yeah, B-R-O-A-D-M-O-O-R. Sick new band. Definitely check these guys out. Yeah. Is this an album that they just put out? Uh, it's uh, in January mm-hmm. this year. It's a, a five-song EP. And I got to say, uh, yeah, I'm about it, 100%. Thick, fat boy riffs. This is XL boy type music, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. This is for my fucking homeboys. It's just one of those bands that the whole time you're listening to it, you're like, you're just fantasizing being in that room, you know? Right. Yeah, it's a very the, high energy. All the matching jerseys punching the fuck out of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For real. Damn. I gotta say... Um, I love this dude's voice. Oh, yeah. It's, doesn't it sound uh, kind of like... Uh, like Winston Remember Taker? Uh, Taker. Our, oh, uh, we had that? a local band. That was James's. Uh, he, oh, he was okay. James Sherman. Yeah, yeah. He He's got Sherman vibes for sure. For real, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Damn, yeah, now that you say that for sure. If you guys are familiar with Brotherhood uh, 3 and 4, Jared Dines' little Brotherhood thing, little tiny mini <laughs> Brotherhood things, uh, James Sherman, he's the dude with the destroy or break everything hat. This vocalist definitely ha- ha- sounds like him. That's for sure. He was the vocalist of Vessels for a second, wasn't he? I think he was playing bass for Vessels or something like that. <laughs> he was. He played the bass in every band, luckily. But on the real, who hasn't played bass for Vessels? I've played bass for Vessels. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going to start telling people I was in Vessels. <laughs> Every time they ask me what instrument, I'll say a different one. Yeah. It would be the one time that it would actually be okay to have a shirt that said I was once in Vessels. Because anyone else rocking that shit at the merch table, it's, just, uh, it's not really that funny. Fair. Oh, damn. 
I'm a bit of a sucker for uh, call-outs to a nasty two-step. Yeah, call, saying you, what does it say, you fucking coward, and then they start two-stepping? Yeah. Hard. Hard. Simply hard. Simp hard. Also, uh, I would like to point in the direction of prison once more. Oh, uh, they great. just put out a live record that just completely <clears throat> fucking destroyed my face. Yeah, no, uh, their live mix, so, so impressive. I, I'm not sure who, who did the live mix. I hope it's Chris. <laughs> yeah, I would love I would love to see that because because you know Chris would do mm-hmm. a fucking record like this. Oh yeah. A live he loves record. prison. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a funny <laughs> statement. He loves prison. He can't wait to go <laughs> yeah, back. Chris loves prison. <laughs> oh, he just got out but he can't yeah. fucking wait to go back. Get your life in order, son. You're a mess. Karma bows to no man. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, while I'm doing my little shout outs, uh, for the week here, everyone, I, w- I also want to shine some light on a band that I recently discovered, uh, second death. Also, also uh, I mean, I think we kind of established the vocalist little, little underwhelming, but the, the band, they themselves, they just bring, there's just, I don't know. There's some, beef. it's very, yeah, it's very fat boy riffs, you it's know, a- there's some swang to it. Yeah, it's it's like thick vein, thick vein. Yeah, <laughs> the one vein, <laughs> urethra. <laughs> this is urethra. Yeah, Man. one thick vein. Oh yeah, I'm about those like slow sway. Yeah, that's what, that's that thick boy riff for sure. Yeah, sort of just meaty dudes start two stepping into each other. There was a point when I was really young that I called breakdowns. Um, I called them slow headbanging parts because I wasn't, I, I, I was that. so, you know, I living in Aberdeen, we were, we just didn't have the internet. I feel that. So like, I we felt did, it. didn't get there yet. <laughs> didn't, <laughs> internet didn't get there until 2010. I was just like, what do I do at the, what do I do at shows? Well, this is like the part typically where everyone grabs each other's <laughs> shoulders and we just kind of like slowly headbang. Oh to yeah, a rip. classic. So it's obviously called a slow headbang part, right? <laughs> no, no. I love bitch. that. It's called a breakdown. That's so innocent. Okay, well. Yeah, I remember being young, yeah, like finding out about this music and seeing comments fighting, no, this is a beatdown. Breakdowns are this. And I'm like, what? This is what's a beatdown. Okay, I thought a beatdown yeah. was like a genre. Beatdown's a part? That's crazy. Okay, what's this then? Yeah. Like, no, it's different. A two-step? Okay, like, isn't that for like country music? I'm confused. I think, uh, I think Drowning uh, that hardcore band out of <laughs> we cannot <laughs> we stop talking about we got ring uh, yeah full circle everyone um, no but the the hardcore band from Chicago drowning I think they uh, <laughs> I hate that that's ruined for me <sighs> drowning's sorry. ruined for me <laughs> I know yeah uh, anyways the reason I bring them up is I think they kind of were responsible for downbeat kind of having an image of its own at really? a certain point. Yeah, they because they were very much so like CYC crew. Um, I don't know if you could say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is a gang. You can find them here on Facebook.org. <laughs> also, the second C in CYC stands for crew. So you just call them a crew crew. Don't join gangs because <laughs> gangs are bad. And also you might accidentally say the wrong gang name and then you know, that's silly. You might you. get your little pussy beat. <laughs> <laughs> For so real. You said that like, like somebody threatened you to make up like a threat. 
Yeah. All right, yeah. guy that's never threatened anyone, threaten this kid. <laughs> yeah, you better get out of here. I'm going to uh, punch your balls, I, buddy. I, I like to imagine uh, the Zuck. <coughs> he's like, for some the reason, Zuck. listening into this podcast, and he hears us talking about gangs, and he's just kind of like, mm -mm, nope. Instantly recommends us gangs for sale. <laughs> mm -mm. He like yeah. morally objects. Can't piss the Zuck off. Me, myself, as a lizard man, <laughs> detest <laughs> gangs. Man. Oh my God. I personally, as a man with a forked tongue, do not agree with gangs. <laughs> I don't know what the heck that is, but uh, I don't like it. Well, Mrs. Lady in a pantsuit, let me tell you about how networks work. <laughs> Let me tell you, the rich, they can have their little gang at the, the golf course because there's money involved there. But the poor people, we got to keep the poor people separate. Listen, the I, was, <laughs> I was either going to be a soccer player or the kicker in football. You tell me what I was going to pick. Low-key soccer is significantly better than football, though. Not in America, though, because we're <laughs> assholes. Well, that's because we're just boring. We like to eat. Yeah, okay. we're boring assholes. Cheese on bread. I know we we only like sports if there's violence involved, which is fucked up. Oh yeah, America has except this, for baseball, I guess. But baseball's fucking boring to watch. Dude. Yeah, like I, mean, I I like to play baseball, but god damn, is that a boring sport to watch? I don't know. Okay, you know, I'm gonna say it. Every motherfucker out there that is a diehard baseball fan are 100% just watching it and buying all the fucking merchandise because they think that other people think it's cool. It's like a community Fuck. thing. I'm calling out like thousands of people right now. <laughs> right. But I'm, I mean, it's not that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I get it. I, I it had makes it. sense. When like I was, being a part of something, yeah, for sure. I was super into football for like two years of my life because I remember my that. fucking friends. Yeah. Like, you guys would always like every Sunday watch every Sunday, Seahawks game and shit. Was, get drink beer, get pizza. It was my church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then one day I realized, like, holy fuck, like, I, I know all these stats about all these players mm -hmm. and all of this, so I can just have, like, small talk with dads that I don't give a fuck about. Or, right. Or, you know, bandwagoner uh, moms that mm -hmm. just come through and... So the Seahawks, huh? Are yeah. you a 12 fan? I have to get the drink that... Uh, oh, God. That, that with the sports team. Well, it's graded blue. What am I supposed to do? Not fucking drink it? <laughs> you know what I don't like? The Steelers. Any or other the team that's not ours. Just <laughs> <laughs> say so you have pick an era. <clears throat> the Steelers and the 49ers, man. I feel like, are are the most hated Seahawks teams, yeah. which is just people get crazy, man. They get violent over that shit. It's just like let people have their own fucking opinions. Nope. <laughs> it's wild. I love too so much oh, the uh, the idea of fantasy football. That's so fucked up that that's this confidently a thing people do, but like nerds still get made fun of. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Everyone's just got their fucking their morals kink. all messed up, man. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Oh, shit. Oh, dude, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Uh, have you listened to Rex? Oh, yeah, dude. I showed old you school. Rex years That's ago. That's an old school band. That's a, yeah, dude, Rex That's is That's one sick. I always got recommended to cover. I think their song Hex, maybe. Hex by Rex. <laughs> See, this is it's at this point now. You know, actually, I think their shit got taken down from Spotify. Whoa. Yeah, because they just homies Too just brutal. probably no, <laughs> they just probably forgot to re uh, uh, I think resubscribe <laughs> to their fucking uh, distro kids. It's probably not wrong. <laughs> Ooh. Have you heard the new filth? Uh, filth. I think there's a new filth. I song. was uh, literally just listening to them earlier today. Did you hear the new song? If uh, I feel me... like I saw a teaser for one. I don't know if it's out yet. 
Oof. Yeah, there she be. There's the band. Unanswered. Oh, wait. Did they cover Unanswered? I swear to fucking God. Oh, they, <laughs> they covered did. Unanswered. Classic. I, I love it. It's like, did they do it? And you hear, duh, duh. Oh, God. It's just that snare, snare click. I covered this song on stream today with Jared. Poser. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Remember that time? It's really fast. Yeah, it really. It seems does. like sped up. Do you remember the time we went? Uh, like they you, played it a faster beat. You and me went and saw them at. It was like twenty fucking people at a oh, yes, funhouse. Uh, yeah, I do. With it, the we victims. were just yeah. What well, we went out. I think we went out because you uh, you were like talking online with uh, the homies and victims, right? O- over something. I don't know. I, I I didn't realize that they knew who I was until I got there. Oh, really? Um, why were we there? Well, I think we were just trying to go see a show. We were like, honestly, yeah, we might have just had that scheduled out. Just yeah. Like, what a sick lineup. You know that I think that's a, a really important thing uh, worth mentioning. I think it's so interesting the second someone releases something really su- like well they release something and it becomes successful. There is this very light undertone of ego that takes over the artist, and they start thinking, I can maintain this uh, hard, real image even without going to shows, without being exposed to new music and mm. new artists and new, uh, just, I don't know, the new scene because it's always evolving. Right. That is, I think, the biggest detriment an artist can really do <laughs> in terms of like evolving. Uh, with a, a scene, you know, naturally. Just because I think as artists, it's our responsibility to stay in that community mm-hmm. and see what people are doing. I absolutely think you need to have your own thing you do. But I think, uh, I mean, it's plain as day. Everything we do right now is all some sort of different interpretation of what one uh, one big artist did at one point, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. That's just art. Art is bigger than us as artists, I think, sometimes. Yeah, every time somebody makes something new, it just starts to like evolve and grow from there. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, something I was talking, I don't remember who I was talking to about, it might have been you even, but uh, about how dope uh, Japanese music is in like every facet of the word because of how burden-free they are of like shame in in artist in artistry because you can just do anything there oh, and yeah. commit to it and people will take it seriously and you don't have to worry about people being like oh is this parody or they're trying too hard like this is cringy the people just be like well i love this like cool cool costumes cool theme <laughs> cool thing yeah. not just like well i wouldn't do this or like hey hey everyone this isn't this isn't cool right Right, guys. Cool. And then everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah I don't want to be the one that thinks it's it's cool when everyone else thinks it's not cool." Mm-hmm. It's just such a high school like we're bred to just think that way about some oh, yeah. shit. Like, hey, you guys think this is cool before I admit that I actually like it, right? And everyone goes, "No, I don't like this." And you go, "Yeah, me either. I don't like. I don't like it either." I think that's one of the greatest uh, perspectives, <laughs> but like also the worst uh, things about getting older. Uh, you see kids go through the same mistakes you're going through. And I mean, you literally can't just shake them out of it because right. if you do, then I mean, they're just not going to be able to comprehend the the dumb decisions right. they're making. Yeah, unless kids. you're a big advocate in their life already, they're just going to be like, "Okay, grandpa." Yeah, it's just classic kid. Yes, yes, yes. I showed you that uh, <laughs> Left Behind uh, Animal Crossing music video, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty hype. Yeah. I think it was uh, earlier this week, everyone that left behind just randomly put out a song and the music video. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it on, on YouTube. It's, it's probably one of the most recent things. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, uh, Animal Crossing music video. Uh, Ruby said he didn't really like it too much, but I was just like, I mean, c- come on, like Animal Crossing's like everyone's I, I, playing it right now. I think, yeah, I think that's why he didn't like it though, is because it's, it was seemed more of like a cash grab attempt to him than like yeah. <laughs> genuine, like, oh, I just love the game so much. But I, I got the opposite vibes. I was, I got the like, oh, this is really just what they've been doing this whole time. The virus has just been right. You know, uh, yeah, I can see how it can be taken either way, but th- that even goes into what I was just saying about the Japanese bands. Like, yeah. you could do that there, and nobody would think it was weird at all. Like, but mm-hmm. here we have to guess. Well, what was their intention? Because mm-hmm. that is what I, is going to help me form my opinion on it, which is fair, honestly. But it also is like you can't just appreciate the art because you have to be like, well, is it this thing or what are they trying to do? Yeah. Are they put out another new one? Konashi. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair that we uh, give this a listen right now, Bobby. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is this the... <laughs> I think this is... Uh-oh. Looks like the SoundCloud artists are at it once again, everyone. Uh, you go to Konashi's page and there's an artist called... Hey, what the fuck? Konashi with a single called Watch Out. Why is this and the first thing that pops, that pops up? This is why you got to make sure your band name... Is your own band? <laughs> that's wild. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, that's super but funny. but uh, on the note that we are listening to Kanashi right now, I think it's appropriate that we have the conversation. That I can't fucking stand his voice. <laughs> it's I, totally I mean, fair. I would never fault you for for that either. Yeah, I still don't know. I. I don't, I, know if, I don't bad. know. If, I almost feel bad, Austin. Why? B- because I understand the band is good. Uh-huh. I do. And I understand that the vocalist is trying to be different. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that he's he's doing his own thing, but just isn't working being, for yeah, you. Being a being someone that's like working on audio files like all the time. Mm-hmm. Hearing how much better, literally, probably anyone else in that band could probably <laughs> sound. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to like tear homie apart right now. No, I get, I get you. That you're inclined to, or not inclined. You're uh, allowed to have your opinion on this. That's totally fine. You shouldn't feel guilty for not liking his voice. That's not, you know, yeah. It's not definitive of you as a person. Or, yeah. It's just you don't like his voice. Watch I wake up tomorrow morning with a really fucking mean tweet. And there's like, how could you? Well, uh, dude, like, like half the time I like his voice. That's I'm, my I, friend. I, I can find it enjoyable, uh, but other times, like, it just doesn't work for me. I I, I laugh at certain like. Ah! Like when his voice just dries out and there's this like, like that, I, I kind of giggle, but uh, there's other parts where sometimes it's fucking sick where, I don't know, he's just like just spitting and just saying some real shit. Yeah. But other times I think it's cringy, like when he says, I don't know, like he references names and stuff and he's like, Casey, why did you leave me? Like that stuff. It's like a little like I I don't know I get the vibe but sometimes I I need a real good emotional ass take in that I guess as a vocalist too knowing how like that what he's doing isn't doesn't I know it's not an emotional take it's just like you can do that sound by just like throwing your voice yeah and I think that's what takes it out of me sometimes is that it's harder it's hard to invest if the lines aren't super 
uh, impactful every time because then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a little corny. Yeah. But I definitely uh, respect Homie's lyrics because I, I, not many people write like that, just about super real shit, like very honest and real about just being struggling in life and not, not like oh, depression, anxiety, just like literal, you know, like family conversations, like actual quoted dialogue and stuff from breakups and family traumas and shit. Yeah. Yo, full of hell is hard. On it's the real, yeah. So sick. Uh, a conversation I wanted to have with you that I thought might be kind of interesting is how people straight up be buying their shirts and they don't even fucking, they've never listened to a single song. Dude, welcome to JFAC 2010. <laughs> yeah, Trumpeting Ecstasy by Full of Hell. Uh, there's something uh, about the industrial sound. And uh, I don't know who the female artist is they got to sing over it. Um, so haunting. Is she, she not credited? Uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't believe she is. It'd probably be in like the YouTube comments or something. It happens more and more, like I feel recently. Oh, it's uh, Nicole Dolliger. Okay. Dollinger? Ganger? Dollinger? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. And they had uh, a specific homie do some of the programming for this song. Let's go. Wow. Yeah, I love uh, I love projects that are so collaborative like that. And just creative, like this video. Yeah. Is, like they're just going out of their way to to make something unique. <clears throat> it looks low budget, too. Just Like they're clearly just doing this on their own. The yeah. fuck? This is crazy. It's like some car bomb shit. Yeah. You got to respect uh, any noise band out there that can just really make it actually sound good, you know? Mm -hmm. Like a uh, artist and Punisher. Mm -hmm. You follow him? No. Who? That dude's crazy. Or author Punisher. Oh, author Punisher. Yeah. Sounds familiar, actually, now that I think about it. Maybe I've heard you uh, mention it. He's before. the dude, he's the engineer that has, like, has made his own instruments. He, like, created a new instrument that doesn't exist in nature. Man. Yeah, dude, this guy's crazy. Nile new, what's that bottom one? Or, oh, it's an album stream. Remember? I thought it was a new video. Oh. Uh... I mean, yeah, the top one's fine. The hill strength. Yeah, this has got half a million views, homie. Very cool. He's, he, so this dude, he he does all the instruments. It's just a one-man band. Uh, but he's an engineer, so he's created these instruments that just make gigantic sounds, like huge industrial sounds. It's so cool, dude. You'll love it. And he puts he has, like, a modifier in his voice, too, like a custom mic he made. Whoa. Yeah, he's, like, picking up his throat vibration versus yeah. his... Talking voice, such an artist. Uh, yo, turn it up. You gotta feel that fucking. Yeah, this is just like. So this is these are all nails two point This is all created from this machine though. Like, there's no like samplings of things. Like everything is made from this. He doesn't add guitar or anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's one instrument line in, right? Yeah, it's so cool. That fucking big hammer he has when he slams it into the thing and it makes the bass hit. Yeah. How cool. Like, this is something that can't be replicated, at least not easily. Like, this dude is going to be, like, the guy that... Oh, yeah, he was on this. Noisy, look. See? Yeah. That's how I found out about him. Really? Okay. Yeah, it was that, from that interview. They did a little short uh, like piece on him. I've just been, like, semi-obsessed ever since. My uh, my question is, where do you start when you build a an instrument like this? He where... talks about it a little bit in that interview. Oh, I'm sure. And that he, sure. he, he works, uh, you know, obviously as an engineer. And he just said, like, 
one day he, he was he wanted to make bigger noises with his music, but he couldn't because he was so limited. And yeah. like obviously, what sounds can be made. So he's like, I want to just like, you know, I could probably do this. I'm an engineer. I could figure something out to make a bigger sound. And then he just kept building from there and made this fucking crazy masterpiece. Yeah, super cool. That's some deep frequencies for real. Like yeah. this is something you could just have really good headphones on and just vibe the fuck out. Yeah, I highly recommend checking this guy out. If you guys have never heard of author and Punisher, very cool. Check out that. Just check out that noisy interview. Oh yeah, yeah. very sick. Y'all have to check that one out later. What else you been up to this week, Abby? I, I feel like we have been seeing a lot of each other, but that's just because we've been working on a record. But. Yeah, that's, which has been awesome. We've been working on the new fly. Only we got one lo- one song left of the current batch, and then on to the next ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. I had like a. Not like writer's block, but I just wasn't motivated to write for like the past year or so. Yeah. Um, so it's been fucking great, honestly, getting back into writing again recently yeah. for the new fly stuff. I've loved it. And the new uh the Dark Watch stuff that I'm doing with Jacob just got the full the hundred percent album artwork back. Uh so like that's ready to go. You're fucking working on that Nick Nocturnal thing for me, that's almost done. Uh just yeah, I got a ton of music stuff coming out. Got my computer all set up finally, my desktop, so I can get back to streaming regularly. I have a, I think I have a pretty interesting question that I think a lot of people would like to like to know mm-hmm. for, from you. What is, uh, how is the writing process for you? Because I, I always feel it very. I think it's appropriate to give you your space to really just figure out what you want to talk about because mm-hmm. I, I know you've got a lot to say mm-hmm. um but i think uh for you know just like anyone it's like we sift through like how fucked up are we trying to go mm-hmm. uh, you know how how much of myself am i willing to expose to uh you know the mm-hmm. public yeah i definitely i start by setting like a artistic boundary i guess by like we're in a metalcore band certain things are like you have to kind of fit like your creative outlets a little bit to the genre. Like in deathcore, it's a little more visceral and a little more, uh, I don't know, like the, the, there's bigger words that are involved. Like the, the content can be more fantasy based with metalcore. I feel like fantasy doesn't make much sense. It doesn't really land as well. Yeah. Uh, I personally am very, not a big fan of like, like I don't know, venting negatively with with nothing to learn from it. Yeah. Because for me, growing up, like music was always something I could turn to in in a in even when I didn't know it in a dark time to like reflect or not feel so alone or to yeah. kind of try to understand my feelings a little bit. And I was never drawn to that like dark angry music until I was older mm-hmm. and like kind of was just like, Oh, I like heavy stuff now. This yeah. is kind of appropriate of the genre, but I never felt, uh, compelled, you know, art artistically at all for that type of like hatred or like, I always wanted to know where my feelings came from. So it was never like, I was yeah. just writing songs about how pissed off I was or how angry I was. It was always me trying to find reason or meaning to why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And that even mm. reflects to now is that, yeah, I can apply that to things I deal with or things I see my friends deal with or loved ones or uh, the mass oh, <laughs> populace. Yeah. You know, I, I really try to give a perspective to things that people struggle with 
and I try to do it metaphorically. Like uh, that's a big thing I love about fly in this type of metalcore is that I try to write uh, very real, very honest songs, but creatively, you know, like not literal. Like I, yeah. I like I, I refuse to use words like lie and. Uh, I hate I, like like when people yeah. just say it as a rhyme statement. Like there's certain I, words that are just so overplayed. So I have like rules I set for myself to not. I think that's very mature of you. Honestly, I feel like you know where the song's gonna go if mm-hmm. you just choose to only hone in on a certain aspect of emotion. Definitely, it, it it's like uh, I, I get why there is a big market for the fuck you for doing this fucking thing mm. to me you fucking bitch right. cuz a lot it's... of people don't have any outlet for like the guiding you know to to know that oh i'm angry because of this yes. not just i am angry like there's so many people are just angry and they have no understanding or reason why yeah and that was i spent i spent a whole whole bunch of my life that way I was just pissed off mm. not really understanding why and then realizing oh it's because I had a fucking shitty childhood and I had a bad ha- hand dealt to me. So I've been internalizing and, you know, getting more and more mad at the world and blaming the world for, for giving me this shit hand. Yeah. And instead of continuing to be mad about it, I wanted to write songs to, like, get my feelings out there on those things. That's why a lot of my songs have questions in them. Yeah. Because I don't know the answers on a lot of these these things. and. I, I only know what my experience has given me and what my personal enlightenment brings. And I like to be open-ended in my songs sometimes and just yeah. have vagueness because, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, that's kind of the beauty and the tragedy of life is that there's so many mysteries and we kind of just have to accept that we're not going to know them all. Yeah. I think uh, the thing that I really, really enjoy about you as a lyricist is um, it's, I, I don't get the feeling at the end of one of our songs that it's just like oh yeah everything's positive he's like yeah we've uh we've definitely defeated hardship or anything like mm-hmm. i don't get like some weird christian camp like positivity right. like, like everyone's in this together kind of story of, a, of rising yeah. action falling action denim law type of thing i get like a uh a sense of like uh i guess uh i i i can just like relate to that feeling you know mm-hmm. it's just like yes life is hard uh, every day we fight it, but that's that's what we we do, you know. We just gotta. That's the human experience, you know. Every day we try our best, and uh, yeah, we're gonna experience hurt, and uh, it's probably not gonna get any easier. But you know, every day we uh, we're just working on ourselves. Yeah, you know, progress. That's the only thing we can do. Trying to find meaning in this copious life. Yeah. This big cosmic void that we are just drifting through. Yeah, infinitely. It's a. It can be bigger and frightening than it needs to be, and we can also be hatefully distracted uh, more than we need to be. I feel like there's a good medium in life to be happy. You know, there's there's people like Anthony Bourdain that have perceivably the coolest job in the world, no problems, and fucking killed himself. Like he traveled the world and ate food for a living and oh, yeah. went to every place everyone's ever, like people that you know spend their whole lives working they're like oh I want to go to this exotic place I just want to do this thing homie was doing it and he still was sad at the end of the day you know yeah like or like all these you know so like artists and celebrities they just grind and grind and grind and grind and then uh, like half of them end up dying from fucking drug mm-hmm. overdoses because they're super sad and they don't know why they're just like this is just life I'm just sad and depressed and yeah and then you get famous where nobody treats you like a person anymore mm-hmm. and all your 
friends around your friends <laughs> are just yeah. yes men that are that will do anything you say Emperor's and won't tell you no approve, yeah. and you're just like oh i want to party and they're like yeah dude well i can get you xanax like that's cool right you think that's sick you'll 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 remember this right like you'll guest list me and my girlfriend next time if i get you xanax bro hell yeah man for sure and it's just enabling this dude's bad habit and i don't know we're all just playing this sad game <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think that's I think the it takes a minute it. to step back from it and be like, wait, what am I doing? Everyone is in some form or another, you know, just playing a sad little game. We're just, yeah, we're all these sad little people with all these crazy insecurities. And uh, we we're really... just a dot in time. It's hard to fucking cope. Yeah. Especially when you like, we have parents that just spend their, like, if you take it back to like our grandparents, and I feel like that's a big mark of when the abuse like was starting to, or I guess great grandparents rather let me say yeah, that yeah great, great our great grandparents is when the like obviously it's been happening for a long time but at least in my head that's as far back as I can fathomably be like okay this is a cycle of abuse that we're all living and we're going to keep pre yeah. perpetuating unless somebody makes the conscious effort <laughs> yeah. to stop it you can have the conversation with your mom like what was your grandma like right you know, what did, like she was awful she was really strict and rude and i hated her and, and then, then you can translate that to how she their grandpa rude, yeah, or grandma them. fucked up with their kids and mm -hmm. then you know it's, they yeah, it's usually the just like, down to your parents and it's so funny because if you ask all of them they always like growing up or like when they start having the baby, they're like, I'm not going to do what my parents did to me. And then they end up doing it, but in a backwards way. You know, people that, well, I'm going to spoil my kids because I wish I had stuff when I was a kid. And then it's like, well, you just, that's what you are perceiving happiness to. It's like, oh, I wish I had a holiday because I missed out on the toys of that. Or you're associating like, you know, Hallmark movie uh, holidays to happiness and stuff. And then you actually get those things when you're when you have your own family and you just spoil your kids and now they're like they're rampant brats that you just detest because they you've gone your whole life well I can't punish them because that's what my parents did to me yeah. and so now there's this off ratio where you're spoiling them and they're just going unpunished and now they're just these little shitheads you know that have no sense of morality or like <laughs> moral barometer or anything and it's just like a so it's it's the cycles continuing, but it's evolving, you know. Yeah. So there's, like, I yo, oh I may maybe I didn't molest my kids, but I still yelled at them and I spanked them and I I spoiled them and they were confused as fuck all the time. Yeah. So it, it's like it started. It used to just be like sexual and physical, and then it started to really devolve into this mental thing, especially with. Uh, I think it's crazy how uh, neglect has a huge play. Oh too. yeah, like a long uh, family history of neglect. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you start to see. I feel like ser serial killers and shit. Right. It's it's you left a weird... your own devices without any guidance. I think with ser serial killers, it's like a there's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a neglect. Noah's cool serial killer review. <laughs> <laughs> there's this neglect uh, thing happening, but there's also a very um, unspoken chain around the child. The you child. Know, it's like you can't leave. Don't you can't leave the family because mommy needs you here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm thinking right, like of Jeffrey Ed Dahmer or for Ed example. Kemper even. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not going to give you the love you need, but you can't leave. Mm -hmm. I need you. It's that yeah, that selfishness of I don't want to be alone, so I'm just going to use my kid as a guilt weapon because they have to stay with me because I'm their mommy. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing, like not to, you know, try to sympathize serial killers, but more so empathize them and understand like th where that cycle comes from. Like, why are they the way they are? Like some, 
like sure, I, I think some like on a very small scale, some people are just crazy fucked up from from birth. But in most instances, there's like head trauma. Like I, I've I've noticed this a lot just because I watch a lot of like, oh, where did this serial killer come from? Type of thing. Um, just because I'm c- kind of curious on why people do the things that they do sometimes. And mm-hmm. in in a lot of my experience, if it's either you know trauma from family like abuse or like a, a family member or a close family member, like physical, mental, or sexual uh, trauma or abuse, or it's like a head injury where yeah. they, like this kid was young and like almost drowned or they hit their head on a rock or got hit in the head with a log or, and then just lost their moral compass and just didn't no longer had that empathy factor in their nervous system or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's wild how that can uh, kind of transpire. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you ever get a second, uh, well, a second, I mean. I'm, one second, tell me. <laughs> right now. Uh, there, there's this great book I'm actually like right, I'm hovering over right now. I listened to the audio book by it, but it's by Kevin Dutton. It's called The Wisdom of Psychopaths. It's like a eight-hour fucking book. Um, well, I think it's 10. Um, but anyways, that's besides the point. Great book. It just, great author who just dives into everything that, you know, conditions a psychopath to exist in nature and uh, the role that psychopaths play uh, in society. Uh Because I think it's like for every thousand people, there's like one or two psychopaths, you know? So they're definitely like, I I think of them as like that weird predator in nature, you know? There's obviously going to be a lot more deer than there are like uh, cougars or something, Mm -hmm. Uh, mountain lions, I should say. Oh, they're like a culling type of, like uh, maintaining the ecosphere kind of. It's like situation. a natural like uh, cleanser essentially. Right. Like it keeps things in check because uh, I guess think of a think of a world where there that were absolutely sense. zero sense, psychopaths. Yeah. Like what would happen? Would society be too good? Uh, we uh, probably not. I don't know. I think mm. uh, we as people mm. kind well, I, of I, rely I, I, on a little bit of destruction and. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think that's inherent of a psychopath. Though I feel like everyone is capable of great terror. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Because so I'm, I'm. My point is, is that even if murderers weren't on this world, we would still have government officials that have a ton of power oh, yeah. and will kill people to get what they want. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a great secret that I need hidden. Guess what? You're you're dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just have so much power and money that ah. I can pay anyone to not say something. Like when you once you get the idea in your head that. Cops can be paid off by government officials. Like, what is the safety of the world is removed? You know. Yeah, I feel like Hollywood really kind of took that away from trying to exist. Is they just like associated paying cops off as like a nineteen fifties gangster movie? It was like or yeah, like nineteen sixties, like like a cartoonish like that mob once. type of thing. <laughs> you know, like and it was always like the cop was like, "Well, he's got my daughter" or something. Yeah, yeah. Where in reality, it's just. A lot, not not all of them, but like a lot of you got to think of the job, right? Like who oh, yeah. who's willing to put like it's not so much about willing to put your life on the line because some people are like, well, you wouldn't put your life on the that's not the day to day. That's like the rare occurrence. Like most cops don't even see action that that like in their whole time being a cop. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the times it's more of a I don't have very good control over my anger and the way that I have control in my life is by having it over other people. This type of complex that, like, if if I can control this situation of these people and, like, get out 
my angers and my frustrations of not having any control of my life, yeah. I can just use these people as this outlet of my anger and my frustration about not having any control or all these built up pent up feelings. Like it's such a, um, I feel like it's the, the, the job is encouraging of kind of like loose cannon people, people that are willing to take somebody's life without hesitation. Like, I feel like our practices for police force is crazy of just how like eager they are to kill somebody. Yeah. You know, like they're so just committed to be like, I'm scared for my life. <laughs> that type of vibe. Like, why are you doing this job then? <laughs> if you're that terrified to where you're just like ready to kill somebody. Yeah. Like, why is your life more important to where you're like, your job doesn't mean anything anymore. And this guy's now just going to die because you've decided. What if he, what if he gets up and pulls a shotgun out of his shorts? Yeah, and kill, it shoots me. That that's a, another weird thing, though. Like I think about how the paranoia. Like sometimes I'll have pretty bad paranoia, mm-hmm. but then I think about what it must be like being a cop, like right now. You know, um, my paranoia would probably be through the roof, like on the real. Yeah, imagine how uh, people of color have felt for the past hundred years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not not trying to discount that. I, I, I'm just saying. No, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to accuse you. Yeah, uh, I I just don't get it. Like, why, why well, would I, anyone want to be a cop? You know, like it's it's not like you're getting like I'm telling you that, a it's that, shit ton it's, of money. It's like that feeling weak type of thing. It's like dudes that have been like abused and neglected in their life, and so this is their way of getting back in the world. I'm going to be a big, strong American. And you know what big, strong Americans do? They stop injustices. And you're an injustice right now. And if you don't, like, they, there's so many of those fucking yeah. videos of just the person not complying for, like, a second and them just being like, all right, I'm going to hurt you now. Like, I think I, that, that's crazy to me how often that happens of just, you're no longer a person to me in my eyes. I am going to hurt you and potentially kill you because I don't have time for a conversation. I will not tell you what I am, why I'm arresting you. I'm just going to do it because I'm an asshole. I think uh, right now one of the biggest problems, uh, like w- when I think of like the fear of our country going to civil war ever again, I think it 100% is based off of the fact that most communities, I guess if you want to say left or right, they all have this. Turn I- now, turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have all this. They have this idea that America is. It is one hundred more so based around their idea of what uh, the country is like. Uh, some of us uh, go out and we fucking promote, like we're just waving the flag around, we're screaming uh, freedom and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And some of us are just, you know, not even doing that, but still loving America, right? Uh, but within that, you you have this weird dichotomy now. There's but, a it's like the the movie Enemy. There's passive and active control. Yeah, positive negative shit. You know, it goes back to that yin yang kind of thing. Or even almost. just like the like willing the willingness to take advantage of your situation and still benefiting from it, but not being like aggressive about it. You know. Yeah, I I think it's it's uh, once you finally realize that oh God, this country is not the way I thought it was mm-hmm. like, I'm kind of a, it's not the way our I'm the media weird, likes to, I, I'm it. the weird loser in this scenario. So <clears throat> I'm going to do what anyone naturally would do and Fall get in pissed line. off and make a lot of noise mm-hmm. or something. Well, and to be fair in our history of things like witch trials and shit, and just like literally yeah. gaslighting others in a, in a world where whoever tattles first is the, 
the the honest one, you know, is yeah. is the winner of the scenario. Yeah, uh, it definitely institutionalizes a, a society where we want to just be complicit and just. Oh, I don't want any trouble. Like that looks like a big issue for me if I do that. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna mind my own business here. Like I don't want to step in and say anything because that could, you know, that could potentially be me, and I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> I do think it's funny though too how uh, most people claim to be these hard asses that would stand up for themselves, my but the second so they're yeah, the second their their boss comes in and says, "Hey, I need you to do this for me," yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah right, sure, anything, you know. And then the second their boss is gone, or the kid flip off, or just any confrontation, like I can't tell you how many times I've had to check just like some dumbass motherfucker just at the grocery store for being like a dipshit, you know, thinking mm-hmm. he can just get away with like, ooh, maybe mommy will pick up my mess. God, and it's just like, hey, are you gonna? You know, pick up that thing you just dropped on the, the yeah, aisle. The thing will take two seconds to do. Like, hey, don't fucking leave that, dude. That's, you know. Rude as hell. It's rude as hell, yeah. What you Yeah. I peed on the floor. Can you tell someone to come pee? Which, and again, that could be that fucking, that raising attitude of the parents that were abused physically. And so they're just like, well, I'm going to spoil my kids. And now you have a rotten kid that has no con- sense of consequence or empathy. Just entitles is, is all hell. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my fucking tailbone's gonna break. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the worst thing about that chair. Horrible support. <laughs> Oi! Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Just horrible. I feel horrible about Ouroboros. it. Horrible. Uh, all right, random segue, but okay. speaking of Ouroboros, uh, what was your favorite Resident Evil movie? My favorite Resident Evil movie? Um. Uh, you know, Apocalypse. Really? Is that the third one? That's the second one. Oh, the second. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's yeah. uh, the Nemesis. Shows yeah, that. yeah. I mean, CGI Rock was a little behind, but I I gotta give it to them. It's just girls, like really skinny girls, riding motorcycles, doing backflips, just shooting zombies. True. Flawlessly, you know. The cathedral shit. She flies in and shoots the the liquors. Oh yeah, love it. Pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I, the first three are actually kind of fun. Got to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. they start to get really bad after, like really bad. But the first three are kind of fun, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite one? Um, the third one. Third one? Yeah, I had the most fun watching that one. I love when uh, she like. There's that part where they deactivate her and all of her friends start getting murdered and she just has to watch. Oh, and yeah. then she like she can't do anything <laughs> and then she like fights through it and turns back on and just starts fucking shit up. That scene is so cool. Man. Oh, and then the flamethrower with the birds in the bus, mm-hmm. the crows, like, and that dude, dude like sacrifices, or the girl sacrifices herself, and like closes the birds in the thing, and she gets pecked to death. Man, it's just pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about that kind of it's shit. A lot of fun, dude. A movie. I've been trying to see this, uh, th- this uh, YouTube video on this movie for a minute, but I just haven't gotten to it. Um, but 1408. That was a movie that everyone saw when they were like uh, 15. Dude, horribly misunderstood movie. Yeah. Horribly misunderstood. I really want to rewatch it now. Really, it's fucking good. I remember yeah. that movie. I yeah. thought it was. I don't for whatever reason. I remember in my head from after the first time I saw it when I was younger, not liking it. Yeah, and like yeah, recently, like like what you said, I went back and saw it pretty recently and was like, wait, this movie is awesome. What I the think, fuck? Yeah, I think it just comes down to how at. The, at the certain point in time that you're watching this just movie, how, how you're to able to comprehend yeah. everything. It was more of like, this is supposed to be scary, I thought. Yeah. 
And, and it, now, I totally went now into it's like it thinking that, but you know, definitely felt like uh, felt a certain way after watching it, mm-hmm. thinking, "All right, so this is more suspenseful, like you're supposed to think." Um, but I'm still just a stupid kid at this point, so maybe I'll just rewatch it later when I'm like 26. I don't know. He did it exactly. <laughs> Came We're watching exactly, it now. <laughs> exactly 26 years yeah. later. No, I, uh, I still need to watch Underwater. Um, I'm gonna get That's to a that fun this one. week. Yeah. yeah, let me know. I'm, I'm trying to watch that with you. Yeah, dude. I want to see the big reveal again. It's so epic. Yeah. It's not the best movie, but it's fun. I I really hope that there's a director's cut that doesn't have the voiceover dialogue. Because there's one at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, and I think that they're for, like, like some dude in a suit went, well, I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) And so they had to do the voiceover because the the ending voiceover is super cheesy and kind of, like, undercuts the epic thing that's happening. And then the very beginning dialogue, Christian Stewart sounds like she's so bummed she's doing the voiceover. It's like Blade Runner all over again. And it's just heavy-handed exposition that is not necessary at all. And it, and it's fucked up because uh, there's really good soundscaping that happens in the first, like, 10 seconds of the actual movie, like, before all the um, news footage and stuff, like, when the actual movie starts. Yeah. There's, like, this cool soundscape happening that you're really supposed to pay attention to that makes sense later. Uh, but you can't really hear it because there's the, the voiceover going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's also what makes me think that it was a post thing. Because there was soundscaping going on there, and they had to put voiceover on top of it. Yeah. Which kind of seems like a pointless thing to do. <laughs> Maybe don't. Dude, uh, so little hack for anyone. Tiny uh, little hack. With, uh, with the amount of movies that uh, we've just been putting on the side on YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, just streaming, uh, you just keep finding uh, full movies you'll just start getting recommendations for free full movies. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> like, Donnie Darko I, I got free. Huh? Donnie Darko for free right here. And it's just some random dude that just uploaded <laughs> it. I remember uh, being very young and thinking that, that Donnie Darko was Kyle XY. What was Kyle XY? That was the one where the dude didn't have a belly button. Oh, wait, was that the... No, I'm thinking of that movie where... Uh, he was like the perfect boy. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Bubble Boy. What was that movie? That, these are all <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal movies, which is funny. Are they all Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal movies? it's him I and all three Jake of those. Gyllenhaal. Me too, man. Yeah, he's one actor. of my favorite actors, for sure. I would honestly give him top five, for sure. Yeah. I really... I, like, every movie he's in, I it. fucking love it. Brokeback Mountain? Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> Prince of Persia. Oh, my God. Shit. Would you um yeah? Would you attend a Cannibal Corpse concert? Oh, maybe maybe not. No. Uh, okay. If it was like a balcony thing, like I didn't have to be in the crowd. I'd like to watch them for like a song or two. I'm not into like a two-hour Cannibal Corpse set though. Gotta be real. Definitely not. No. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to see a thirty-minute set. I'd be very okay with like like a twenty-minute. I want to see two songs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And even then, like, I'm okay not seeing "I Come Blood" or uh, what's that other song? Eviscerated Plague. Yeah. Yeah. Eviscerated Plague. It's like I get it. There's old songs. Hammer Smash Face. Yeah. Hammer Smash Face. That's the song. The (laughs) goofy samples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I'm sure they have better songs. It's just they have been looped into this thing. It's just like remember that thing with the when we were younger? Like remember that was how we got back. We broke bottles on the wall. 
We threw them in the street, and then the God cop couldn't 12. find us. We ran away the from the cop. The cop couldn't find us. Yeah. He couldn't see my, my friend hiding behind my neck. God. I hate neck old God. people. I'm beginning to. <laughs> I feel you. Oh, man. I'm a big advocate for the extermination of the elderly. <laughs> I, uh, I watched Children of the Corn the other day. That ties in very greatly uh, with this conversation. Children of the Corn? Holy fuck. Uh, you know, that was definitely something I thought about. Mm-hmm. as a kid like when I remember being in first grade my teacher pissing me the fuck off and I'm thinking you know there's way more kids here than you bitch like <laughs> I'm about to start a militia right now Yo, I'm about to turn all these kids on you yeah, you better watch your back teach. yeah we're gonna use the fucking I don't know like we're gonna throw the erasers at you the big ones and that's gonna hurt and you're gonna cry and you're gonna have to go to the fucking principal <laughs> and then I'm gonna have to like be like oh geez I'm gonna have to kill the principal, principal now too yeah how many people do I have to shit like do, how many people do I have to execute? I'm gonna have to burn down this building aren't I yeah me and my first grade militia we're gonna fucking dominate the school first grade militia love that. we'll enslave the preschoolers <laughs> <laughs> we'll have them build our pyramids yo that'd be hard toddler haven yeah but yeah children of the corn wow uh didn't they? They remade that. Shit. There's like the, nine sequels. It's they, like they, Pumpkinhead. They, they didn't remake it. They're like all sequels yeah. or or a not a remake. What's it called when you do this? Like you just start making continuations off the property, but it's not the same story anymore. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like when the Grudge became three and three to five. Yeah. Do we? Uh, how do we feel about the Grudge now? Because I remember everyone loved the Grudge as a kid, right? I still think the the original, uh, obviously the Japanese version is the best one, but yeah. the American one is a good uh, adaptation. It's almost a shot for shot remake, to be fair, of the yeah. Japanese one. Just it yeah. just subtle su- certain things are changed. But I I used to be freaked the fuck out from the original Grudge. Oh yeah, I think and everyone was going such back. A like it's still fucking creepy, man. That, that's the that's the. St- the ghost or, or spirit. The ghost! That, yeah, you, you think of that specific ghost when you turn your lights off, you get in bed because your closet's just right there or say you're staying over at your friend's house or something like that. I remember having multiple just like, I couldn't sleep because I, I had no idea of my surroundings. And like, what a fun story too because both uh, the girl, what's her name? I don't remember her name. Oh, um, you don't have to. And the good. little boy are making fucking creepy-ass noises the whole time, and you're like, yeah. what is this about? And then at the end of the movie, it's, like, revealed why they're making it, and it's like, oh, I wasn't even expecting to get a reveal as to why they were doing this, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm... It, that's kind of... This is way creepier now that I know why. Uh, yeah, I think they, that one had really good jump scares and stuff. The remake of The Grudge, however, I could talk for an hour about how bad that movie is. That's such a bummer, man. It's I, I remember... Awful. They they announced that they were filming that like two years, uh, so like they, they gave us a two year heads right. up, like hey we're filming. And then it just another came out grudge. of nowhere, and they had like a good cast and everything too. Which uh, mm-hmm. if it comes out confusing. in January and it's a horror movie, it's probably bad. Just a pro tip, by the way. Oh, that's your month. That's your month where bad things happen. Mine's March. Mm. Well, it's usually it like just logically because it's uh it's like money dump time. Cause it's the it's like the very beginning of the year, so this is like all the movies oh, okay. that you're just like, oh, uh, here's a quick script that I I need to get money to start my movies for the year. Like, I think I was trying like to be a little more off. spiritual than you are. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Do you have a month that kind of like uh, ever since you're a kid, you're just like, man, what you know, bad shit happens to me around this month. 
For a little bit, it was uh, July, July, or July and August, kind of. Yeah. Dude, it was there was a there was like a three year span where every time we went on tour, somebody close to me died. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I was so just like that was weird. It's just getting really tragic. Yeah. I might have to stop touring. It was like I started to get like genuine anxiety when we went on the road like the fourth yeah. time. I was like, who who's gonna die next? Like I really should start saying my goodbyes before I leave. Because this is fucking crazy how many times this has happened. I think that's uh, a really hard thing that we as artists have to really come to terms with is is the fact that the more serious we are about growing as people for ourselves, the more open to the fact that we're going to have to say goodbye to people that probably really mean a lot to us, mm-hmm. like sooner than we thought. For sure. Uh, it just, it happens, you know, they, they have to live their life. You have to live yours. And uh, when you're on the road and you can't just stop by every weekend like right. most friends would, mm-hmm. you know, shit fucking happens. Yeah, life gets in the way. And doing other stuff with other people. Especially but, like as know. interests grow and you kind of change as people. Like, you know, I, I still have really close friends, but I just don't see them very regularly because we just don't really share the same interests and passions right now yeah. in life. And, you know, they're, they're kind of into that, like still into drinking and stuff on the weekends, which I'm down for a beer or a shot or two, but you know, I'm not, yeah. not I'm not into like driving an hour and a half to just get drunk by a bonfire. And yeah. I don't know, it just kind of seems like a waste of time. So like at a certain point where I'm like, not that I always need to be working, but even when we hang out, yeah. they're still like, I know I'm growing as a person and artistically, like I'm yeah. not regressing and talking about shit like, hey, like, why do I feel this way? Like, every time I hang out with, like, you know, friends that are kind of still yeah. stuck in, like, the old uh, city that we grew I up think in it's really, vibes. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that uh, you you both challenge each other, you know, mm-hmm. uh, around the same level, you know. It, it's, it's not so much I'm always just, like, feeding your ego or you're just feeding my ego. It's a, hey, like, how, what do you think about this? Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm kind of, like, self-conscious about this thing that affects me. Right. And I was wondering if you ever, like, deal with this. Mm-hmm. And it could just be just really internal stuff. It doesn't even have to be, like, a like a, a body image thing. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it could be. But it's just, like, I, I, I find that through our friendship, you know. It's just a big lack of judgment. So we don't have to worry, yeah. worry about, like, oh, am I going to get made fun of if I feel this way or if I yeah. say this thing? You can just, just – and that's why I, I think we're able to, like, say like, if the thing's bothering us about the other person. Like, hey, could you not do this? Or, like – and not feel weird about it at all because we know that the other person isn't being like snide or a yeah. smart ass or something stupid. You know, it's just a genuine thing. Like you, we, we know that we can expect real, <laughs> real. We know it, I, we know we can expect realness out of each other. Like yeah. That type of friendship where there's not the second guessing of like, is he fucking with me right now? Like, I think it's important to have that delineation in, in friendships where it's not just all like, hey, fuck you, bro. That's how guys talk to each other, right? We just insult each other and then have drinks and then we say bye <laughs> yeah to actually have like an introspective set of conversations about like man i was i'm pretty sad like any <laughs> idea why i might be sad like yeah exactly bro yeah. i got you i know why you're and sad. it's not in the, in the sense to like become more sad i, I no, think no, that's yeah it's about yeah, to understand why you're sad and yeah to grow from it yeah exactly um, it, it, there's no, like, I'm trying to one-up everyone else with the whole, like, I'm the king of the sadness here. Right. Like, I don't need no woe is me. I just, mm. I'm genuinely curious. Like, and, dude, I want to grow as a person. And I know that yeah. y'all have had things that I haven't experienced. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is really interesting to see something that I might have to run into in the future. Like Other uh, people's kind of experiences shaping a different person, essentially. 
think that's important too. Yeah, just like yes. understanding. I, like so many people struggle with the fact that other people like things that they don't like. It's very surprising how like what people are. Like, You're so stupid. You like that thing. Mm. I hate that thing. Like, okay. I hate it. It's like when uh, old heads yeah. mock us for being into metalcore and shit. And I'm like, That's, dude, just I didn't grow up with it. Like I'm sorry, but I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't exposed to that when I was a kid, and that's what shapes you as a person. I listened to disco and country when I was mm-hmm. growing up, and I got into weird shit. I I'm sorry that not all of us were shown the Black Album when they were three years the old. The Black like, Album. It's. <laughs> I, it's such a thing I've I, oh, as a kid growing up was so just like this is so this is just life like you yeah. you hate what other people uh, if somebody likes something you don't you hate them that's just normal that's like that's like the football thing we we're talking about earlier yeah. that's yeah. that's not my team that's not my team fuck what you a, yeah what a silly thing. it's such what, a just silly trap. me versus them type of it's just another it's a bells and whistles thing it's just all distractions you know just, I think the reason why people end up going that sucks. route in life is because. They don't want the pressure of leading, uh, essentially. I, I think when you're leading trends or or anything really, uh, you can like it's a lot easier there's, there's to become like of, uh, miserable. Well, there's Sad. a lot of yeah, there's a lot of room for scrutiny and like criticisms yeah. and stuff. And if you're some not, people don't take any mm-hmm, like, at all, they, Most they, they people snap don't. instantly. Most people yeah. can't even take compliments anymore because yeah. they they're so and that's shitty because people are so good at at manipulating people now. Because we're all hurt people, so we're just so used to these types of behaviors that, like, it's hard to be genuine with people anymore. <laughs> you can't tell if you're being manipulated or not. Yeah. I've really been fucking with uh, these one takes that Nothing Nowhere does. I mean, some of them very clearly not just one takes, obviously. Uh, I'll cut him some slack. He does use a good majority of it. Uh, but, yeah, it's... it's. I'm, I love the idea of taking an... Uh, an emo like uh, SoundCloud song, but making it even more simpler with just an ambient, really pretty guitar. Mm-hmm. Especially you if know, you have the voice acoustic. for it. Yeah, yeah. He's got a solid singing voice, so yeah. it works out. It's not, <laughs> I hate bringing it up with that MGK shit. Like yeah. his voice on this is just not artistic at all. It's more so dude in his car yeah. singing along. Uh, 100%. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank for some reason on the record, uh, but nothing nowhere was like my favorite artist of 2018. Hammer, I believe the Hammer record. Uh, that was a good record, but like it was not that one. It was uh, the follow up Ruiner or Ruiner uh, the was Reaper, the Hammer album. Reaper record. Uh, her, yeah, yeah. This one, uh, I just remember specifically the song. Pretty fucking somber. Yeah, just a, a great, great record. I think hopes 2017, up. 2017. Huh? Hopes up with the dashboard. Uh, uh, was it Brian Cabrera? Uh, feature fucking uh, carbonara <laughs> yeah carbonated soda uh <laughs> ryan cart carry to uh blood riching yeah i i at the time was just always listening to dashboard so the second i saw that i was like dude how do you just <laughs> do that your first record <laughs> the heck? You got dashboard that's so crazy man how you do that with your fingers man how you do the blood thing how you how you spell blood with your fingers can you show me, Jimmy? I'm six years old. That's crazy. You know how to do that. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, I remember my sister crip walking in her bedroom. I'm like, why Adorable. do you know? I, I didn't so know what cute. that was. She was so older than do me. Do your little dance. Do, do your dance. Do I, I like, I I like the thought of a, of a 10-year-old to a 15-year-old. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, 
how do we do the little deeds? They, um... Who's they? I know, I was just going to say, who is they? Uh, <laughs> who is they? <laughs> I, I, I read That's a, a good tweet. I read a book... Um, who is they? ...talking about how uh, supposedly psychedelics, when you're tripping on psychedelics... Um, that is pretty like comparable to what a, a really young developing like uh, I, let's say like three year old kind of experiences like growing up. Okay, like uh, they have that just loose sense of um, like ego death. Yeah, because like, uh, you don't have ego yet when you're a kid. Yeah, it. it uh, they did some studies on with like learning mm-hmm. and uh, how typically when a normal I'm a 26 year old male. Uh, Sorry, they, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, they they talk about how like so, someone like me uh, solved this problem uh, that involves <laughs> thinking in the outside chat named of the box. Jess didn't solve this problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's the the, the mm. problem involves thinking outside of the box. Right. Kids that are three have uh, a much much higher uh, likability, uh, not likability, likelihood, uh, likelihood of. Um, solving thinking outside of the box mm-hmm. because I not, my my uh, stamped into thinking one way. Yeah, my developed brain is more so thinking logically with what I have uh, gathered growing up. Mm-hmm. Like uh because I've been alive for twenty six years, like this is uh this is the law of order or, you know Right that my brain's kind of yeah, is, versus I, a kid. I've done this is what I've done to survive and so these are the rules of nature that abide by me. Yeah. And, a kid would be more mm-hmm. willing to just try anything. A kid would right. put his hand on the stove to find out that it's hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and because of that, uh that declouding kind of Yeah. You're more receptive to it. Makes sense. Yeah. To like I, learning it. Yeah, I I read that in that uh, Michael Pollan book, uh the How to Change Your Mind. Yeah, nice. very sick. Love stuff like that. Yeah, there's and, a, and that's that's a cool thing to to talk about too. Is that, um, you know, like like anxiety and depression and stuff is like man, like feelings in, that are awful and the chemical imbalances that are brought on to you by just immense traumas and stress and deep darknesses in your life and stuff. And it, I feel like it's such a conversation that to mm-hmm. to get people to be okay with talking about these things and start. Start the healing process, you know, because I feel like so many people are just convinced they're going to be miserable the rest of their lives and that they have to suffer and be stuck with this. And I just feel like we just need to start the conversation on being uh, okay with talking about these things. You, you want to know a weird thing that happens with me. So uh, what happens with me is the second that uh, that that dread goes away, the second things start working out, I have like a good solid two weeks. Um. Yeah, the second I start having like a good solid two weeks or something like that, I start thinking about how like I was feeling like the two weeks before that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd think about how low I'd be getting, and um, I it was like I was like almost as if I was like manifesting like it's coming back, it's gonna come back, mm-hmm. and and I you know I think for a good. For a good remainder of the rest of my life, <laughs> I, I think I'm always going to be that kind of person that's always going to ha- have that the encroaching dread. Well, th- <clears throat> that struggle of yeah, just like things mm-hmm. are good now, but buckle up because I know uh, this isn't forever. Um, but that's that's important and, for my and, and my that, growth. Yeah, right? I was going to say and that exactly. Like being the first step of it is just being aware of acknowledging it. You know, acknowledging that that 
is how you feel rather than hiding it. And every time that feeling comes up, drinking or taking a pill or something, you know, just acknowledging that you are scared of that and that that's okay. And that once you, once you're okay with it being okay, that it's scary, it starts to lose its vigor and its scariness. You know, it's like the first time you see scream, I'm sure that's terrifying. The fifth time you see scream, it's not very scary. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how these, these things can work too, is like with traumas, Dude, I, I carried this burden my whole life of, like, because uh, I knew my, my brother was, like, sexually molesting my sister growing up. Yeah. But I was so young that, I, like, I couldn't do anything. I tried to physically stop him, and he told, he told me that he was going to kill my sister if I told anybody that he was doing this to her. And I carried that burden with me for, like, 25 years of my life of just thinking that it was, like, my fault that she went through that or that I could have stopped it as, like, a 10-year-old kid or probably even younger. I was probably, like, eight actually like and then some and he was like physically abusing me and shit too yeah and just i because i had never told anybody and i i one day was like nicole had just asked me something and i kind of just went on a tangent about it and i started venting a little and i i said that specific thing about how i carried that burden and i kind of broke down and started crying and i have never i used to like grit my teeth in like tension thinking about my brother and my what he did to my sister and me and yeah. now I can talk about it completely fine and like use it as a, a standpoint to like help other people go through abuse and stuff. And it was just so much pain thinking about it that it was just so easy to push back and push away. And it was just another, you know, piece of kinder to my anger fire. And I didn't know why yeah. it was just this deep weight that I had just been carrying mm-hmm. with me for so fucking long. And all it took was for me to just you know, let it be the world's problem. Let it out of my mouth and out of my body and into the ecosphere. And because it sounds so stupid that that would help, yeah. but it really does. Because then you don't feel like it's your problem anymore. It's not just on you. Mm-hmm. And once you say it, and you, another human being hears it, and it is like, hey, that's okay to feel that way. You can be like, oh my god, it is. Are you? Oh fuck, that's all it took. I think god it takes damn. a lot sometimes, though. It does. Um, it takes a lot of reaffirming, affirming, and sometimes it doesn't happen, and yeah, and that's also fine. But you know, the, that's it, it's it's the whole argument of like, if it's inev- it's if if it's an inevitability that the end is the end, then we can spend all of our time focusing on that dread and that inevitability and just being miserable the whole time, or we can do the things that we love doing and things that bring us joy and passion. And try our best to surround ourselves with those things. And in a sense, distractions, but I feel like that's used as a negative term, more yeah. so as a way to cope yeah. with existence, you but know? It's I, kind I, of a dread that's always there, but it's it's about desensitizing yourself and coping more and more. I think within the whole, like, uh, learning to accept, like, loving things uh, mm. before we truly uh, dive into what, how great something, like, as crazy as love is... Uh, we have to accept the fact that I'm going to love this thing, this person, this pet, uh, mm. you know. The capability of love. Right, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I now have to, right now in this moment, accept the fact that this thing's not forever. I might be around longer than the love of my life or something. Right. And uh, <clears throat> you have to decide right then and there if you continue that that risk of you know this could be the love that takes me down like i can't recover from this mm-hmm. and uh i think that's such a a beautiful uh, uh what would you call it uh, 
romantic tragedy I, 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 yeah i don't know it, it's just the the concept of like there is risk in this pleasure mm-hmm. there's also pain and um right then in that moment you have to decide whether or not you just unknowingly commit to it mm-hmm. and so i love that movie her too it's just Beautiful. the concept yeah. of love of like just, it doesn't all have to be romantic you know like yeah. You can you can love a family member. You can love your significant your significant other. You can love a friend. You can love yeah. a, another human being. You know you can love an animal. You can love an action. Mm-hmm. Like and it's all different. Love is an all encompassing term and feeling, and like we're all capable of receiving it and expelling it. You know. Yeah, it's I, just, uh, I think the the craziest thing about it is like. Uh, we're all at this like different point in time with uh, what love, like the definition of love is to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I had a very backwards way, but yeah, you know, it was the community, you know, I, it was instilled well, how, in how your parents were raised too, of like yeah. what their idea, the whole stay together for the kids type of attitude of yeah. like, man, we're so unhappy, but we have to stay together for the kids, which was always confusing to me because I'm like, what message does that send to your kids to be unhappy? Yeah. <laughs> For like, what I don't lie. Like, I don't understand what the lesson you're teaching me is. Yeah. Be unhappy and lie. Got it. We as just young children always assume that the be selfish and people have it all figured out. You know. Yeah, that's and that's a shitty thing. That perpetuation of trust your elders, like just regardless of any circumstance. I think a, a weird thing that I. Uh, I've been spending some time thinking about this, like the the idea that uh, younger younger people uh, around, let's just say like eighteen, like there's there's even kids younger than me now that I think of that are already like just way surpassed my level of intellect, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I need to. I know that I need to like stand aside when it comes time. And I'm that old person, you know. <laughs> it's just like the younger people. There, there's a reason why, like. They're going to be around when I'm not. And it's because they're just like a better, you know, think of uh, a computer like, uh, like a new updating. Update. Yeah. That's just what we are, essentially. That's what people are. We're constantly updating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evolving and shit. Especially the way uh, so, Musk is taking things. Yeah. It's becoming more and more cyborgy. I, I guess the reason why I bring <clears throat> that up is it's just interesting to see how old people are instantly to like get up in arms and be like, we need to keep young people like, just barely alive. <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, the the concept of going to college and just eating only ramen noodles just seems like almost criminal. Right. I was just like, yeah, no, they really need to suffer. Like, they mm-hmm. need to like they're either going to be homeless or successful. Like, it, we can only have a, like yeah. a handful of successful. Such people. a backwards thing of. Yeah. Well, I had to do this, so you have to too. It's the way. Somebody told me this thing. We're all just perpetuating the cycle. <laughs> the one true way. I struggled, so you have to. I thought that's why you struggled, <sighs> so I didn't have to. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point of that? Isn't, didn't you learn anything from the struggle? Yeah. What am I going to learn if you already know the lesson? <laughs> this is stupid. It's like, oh, man, when I uh, worked for my dad's construction company, Yeah. Uh, I remember I, I, used to, I had worked there already for a long time. And then I went to a different job for a few years and then I went back to the company and I had to like restart at the bottom level. And I was like, I already have these job skills. Why can't I just 
that's not why I came back. Like I'm trying to run my own division and like do big, big boy stuff. Yeah. Like teach me the job of the boss stuff so that I can take on bigger things. And he's like, well, no, because you have to dig ditches and like, you know, show your worth and put in your time and stuff. I'm like, okay, so I have to physically hurt myself <laughs> so that one day I can do the job I'm already qualified for. What the fuck kind of backwards thinking is this? Just, Put me in the job I'm qualified for and then hire somebody with no job skills to dig the ditch. This, what a waste of time. What are you teaching me? This yeah. is dumb. Yeah. Well, I did it. Okay. What did you learn? Shoveling's hard? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. What is the life lesson, Father? You don't even know, do you? You're just trying your yeah, best. I, I love that. Like, you don't even know. Like, like oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my reality's crumbling. <laughs> Whoopsie. Did my child just own me? Damn, yeah. And Halo 2? The fucking sniper shot. Oof. Could do the trail? She just sniper shot and you accidentally walk into the smoke and it kills you. Oh. That's some hurt shit, dude. Shit. I'm definitely a plasma grenade type of guy. Plasma. Like, I'm always throwing stickies. Damn. Like, that, I I don't even use the gun sometimes. Dude, I feel just stickies. I haven't played Halo in like. Probably eight years, but I feel like I could fuck y'all up. You catch me on gears though. I'm, I'm like, I'm not that's that the shit I'm, I kill at. Yeah. I'm not the best at Halo, but I'll have a good time. Yeah, like I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get third. I'm like a third place kind of Halo player. <laughs> 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 that's, I don't know why, but that's just so accurate for me. Yeah, I love that game, but I've never been the best at it. Hmm. But catch me in gears or Smash or Overwatch. Yeah, I'll carry your ass. <laughs> You're 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 a Tekken guy, right? Te- oh yeah, Tekken? Tekken. Do you ever play Soul Calibur? Like, uh, a little Tekken? bit. I was, but I, you know, Soul Calibur. Your boy sick. was on PS One. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> uh, Soul Calibur came out three. That was three sixty, right? Three sixty and PS Two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but and for Game some Game. reason, it just was one of those games you never wanted to play on PlayStation Two. I could get that. I feel yeah, I, it's a three sixty. A game, PlayStation right? controller does not feel like a good fighting game controller. To be fair. Yeah. Like Xbox, let's be real. Not the best interface. Actually, probably a really shit interface. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, not the best original titles. They've got like three great ones. Uh, but man, do they got the controller down? Xbox uh, controllers are god tier controllers, man. What was the homie who was uh, just here? Right under GameCube. Uh, uh he had. I don't the- remember his name, but he called himself. Uh, Asian Cowboy. Asian Cowboy. Okay, we'll just call him that. So uh, this guy named Asian Cowboy was in our garage today uh, shooting a music video with our uh, the director who did our music video. Mr. Black Snow Films himself. Yes. Hodai. Um, anyways, uh, he was like going off about uh, Tekken 2 and I was just mixing and I just popped my head around the corner and I saw that he was wearing um, like a Yoshimitsu hat. Oh shit! And, and I was just like, "Damn!" You should have asked him. What, what are you his guys doing? What's your go-to stance with Mitsu, dude? Yeah, exactly. I, I was just like, "I'm more of a king guy myself." And he's just like, "Ah, oh, really?" He got upset. Yeah, he was like, "I didn't know you were like into wrestlers and shit like that." And I was just like, "I'm not really," but he's got like a jag, like an actual jaguar for a head. So that's yeah. pretty fucking badass. That's pretty hard. Honestly. And he like helps out these like like orphanages and shit. Yeah, I've always he's got like, a really cool story. I've always liked the idea of a fighter that has. Uh, very strong mandibles. Mandibles? Like a praying mantis? No, like just had a jaws, like jowls, kind of. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Just like so, really strong bite, you know, because like the fighting is cool. But Mortal I, Kombat I've always had loved, someone like you know, that. Like, like what you're saying, you're the king guy. He has the jaguar mouth. Yeah. So like if he gets up close in a, you know, combat yeah. situation, he could utilize that 
Like if he's grappling you and he's got both your arms, uh-oh, guess what? Mm-hmm. You don't have a tiger mouth. I do. Yeah. <laughs> bite their neck off. Yeah. I'm going to bite your neck off. <laughs> off. I'm going to remove your neck. Well, <sighs> well shit, Abby, we've been, uh, we've been going for almost about three hours now, I think. so. That's kind of hot. Uh, uh, yeah, just under. Um, okay, but shit. Yeah, I think uh, probably a good, good time to end the podcast. Yeah, so. we got real real there for a little bit. Yeah, that that's, was pretty sick. that's the way I want this shit, you know. I, I want it to, good to be genuine. Good balance of funny and genuine. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to... I don't want to portray some fake person like all the Definitely. other motherfuckers, you know. All you motherfuckers out there with your fake-ass personas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we out here just trying to live happy and healthy, baby. One step at a time. Yeah. And on that note, the garbage has spilt. There shall be blood. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, It's been me, your boy, Jebby, and our boy, Mr. Gumby himself. Uh, Your boy's back on Twitch, by the way, so come hang out uh, starting Monday. I'm going to be on twitch.tv slash dicky time. Come hang out, biash. Yeah, I'm going to be riding my bike and uh, trying not to be a piece of shit uh, and working. Oh, We've got to finish up this record. Yeah, i got to upload some of this new fly to our distributor, too. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. New, was it, new, is that a new music yeah, video? Yeah, if you actually listen to this whole podcast, you would now know that we might be putting more music out very soon. A very big, strong, sexy, maybe. Oh, you mean it's... There's more than forlorn. <laughs> forlorn. It's it's forlorn. Remember. It's just forlorn too. For, it's foot. It's. <laughs> yeah. And then we can do uh, three lorn, and then forlorn will just be spelled F O U R. Yeah, I'm so excited to put music out that we actually wrote within the same year. <laughs> <laughs> Which still isn't this. Yeah, I guess we're trying to catch up to the year. Right. It's it's hard. We it's might so be able hard to. being a metal band because well, we got the we got the three, and once we get those out, then we'll be in the in the same year. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta make sure this shit sounds good for y'all because I'm very insecure, and I, I need to make right. sure it sounds good. <laughs> because if it doesn't, then the boo. Keep, um, uh, keep your eyes peeled for uh, rot with me, everybody. Yeah, coming out very soon. Real sick new merch too. Yeah, it's maybe. <laughs> Please buy our things because I don't know how long I can do this Corona shit. For real. <laughs> Please help yeah. us live. Yeah. Pa- send me money. <laughs> the big pause. <laughs> uh, yeah. Send me money. Um, yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bitcoinet! Thank you guys so much for watching the Dicky Time podcast. Greatly appreciate you joining us for this hella sick experience. Follow the links down in the description if you want to listen to this podcast on other platforms. We appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Twitch down below. Fly down below. Kamehameha. Frieza! Frieza!